Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. My name's Andy Mitten, and I'm on, well, outside Oxford Road train station in Manchester. The roof of Oxford Road train station is very famous. It was modelled on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. No, it wasn't. The Sydney Opera House. What am I on about? However, you speak to some people in Manchester, they'll, they'll reverse it and say that the Sydney Opera House was modelled on Oxford Road train station's roof. It's a beautiful day in Manchester. I was in Barcelona last night for the Arsenal game and watched four or 5,000 Arsenal fans get soaked because it was raining there and obviously had a great deal of pity for those Arsenal fans stood up shivering on the third tier as the team were beaten. But I've come here for some sunshine today and will be at the Manchester Derby on Sunday. Got this podcast, we'll bring another podcast on Sunday to you. As I look into the roof of Oxford Road train station, I can see a beautiful reflection of the refuge building. It's one of the most beautiful buildings in Manchester. It's now a hotel and some lovely old buildings in Manchester. And Manchester looks glorious on a day like today. I've been for a walk around town. I've seen United fans having a few beers sat outside preparing for the game tonight. The mood is mixed. It varies from how I feel, which is your heart saying, yes, this can be done, to your head saying, this is going to be difficult because Manchester United are very average at the moment and we've got to come from two goals down. After the game at Anfield last week, this is really authentic here, can you hear the pace of train just pulling out on its way to Middlesbrough somewhere? If anyone from the government is listening to this, we need some new trains in the north of England, please, giving us all your old stock. Letting all those cockneys have the new ones and the new fancy train lines from Heathrow Airport out to Essex. And I'm not just sat rambling to myself here with Neil Atkinson, who is the host of the Anfield Rap. It's a very well-known Liverpool podcast. It's a very well-respected podcast. Um, what's going to happen in the game tonight, Neil? I think what will happen is there'll be a big first 10 from United. I'd be stunned if there isn't. And then if they don't get anything from that first 10, if Liverpool haven't scored, I expect retrenchment. And I expect United and Van Gaal to be happy with 0-0 on 60. And the idea that what you do is it's 0-0 on 60 and then you, you hope and you expect to a certain extent Liverpool's nerve to begin to go. And then if it is 0-0 on 60, and this is my big fear for the game, almost as much as the idea of an early United goal, is that it's 0-0 on 60 and then somewhere between 60 and 75 United score. And then there's 15, 20 minutes of United absolutely with a... With a an aggressive partisan crowd lashing the kitchen sink at Liverpool looking to turn it around that's my, my my fear that's my worst case scenario for the game tonight is that that's exactly what could happen either an early United goal obviously in that early pressure or or the idea that it's nil-nil on 60 and United begin to turn the screw because Liverpool it's very difficult it's very very difficult for football teams we can all say it keep a high line hold them out but when you've got a lot to protect you'll just drop deeper and deeper and deeper Part of me thinks that Van Gaal will be happy with nil-nil after 90 minutes because he's so negative. That <laughs> <laughs> he'll come in the press room afterwards and say, "Yeah, yeah, we 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 kept a clean sheet today. We've gone out of Europe, but we kept a clean we sheet." The ball. Yeah. I, one thing I noticed last week when I did the podcast in Liverpool was that Liverpool fans have got far more faith in Jurgen Klopp than Manchester United fans have got in Louis Van Gaal at the moment. You mentioned about the partisan atmosphere. I think it's absolutely vital that Old Trafford is rocking tonight. And I've written a couple of pieces saying that it should be uh, and hopefully echo the spirit of the last time Manchester United were 2-0 down in a second-tier European competition from the first leg. That was Barcelona yeah. in 1984 and United won the second leg 3-0 at Old Trafford. And people who are at that game will still say it's the best atmosphere they've ever, ever experienced. Um, 
I spoke to Jamie Carrier, who was on the podcast last week, and he's more informed about what it's like to play at Old Trafford as a Liverpool player than, than, than fans are. And he was saying the one thing that hurts you at Old Trafford is the size of the pitch. Anfield and Goodison are the two smallest pitches in the league. Old Trafford is one of the biggest. Yeah. So it's not just the fans being against you. Because a lot of players will say, they get into the zone, the, the, the noise just becomes background noise, but the size of the pitch just hurts you. Carragher was telling me in great detail how his worst moment as a Liverpool player at Old Trafford... Um, was 2003 he lost a player after five minutes Van Nistelrooy scored a penalty Hippie got, got sent off that's right Van Nistelrooy. Four minutes in. that's right and Liverpool then played with ten men and kept it at 1-0 for 70 minutes but Carragher said the most draining thing was knowing you were never going to win yep. mentally and then United scored three in the last half an hour and I didn't expect him to, to pick that one out as, as his lowest point because there were more emphatic Manchester United performances he thinks that Liverpool are slight favourites that had it been 1-0 to Liverpool um, United would be favourites and I would respect his opinion uh, he also thinks the atmosphere is important and he's not going into the game tonight as a Mancunian and a United fan, I thought the atmosphere last week at Anfield was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And my brain was... It's tuned to pick out cries of Manchester, Manchester, as you, you, you're singing, you'll never walk alone. But some Liverpool fans were saying to me, this is the best atmosphere since Steven Gerrard slipped. I'm not going to rub that in. The best European night since Real Madrid 4-0. Yeah, Would you go along with that? I'd go along with all that, yeah. I'd say it was the best the best atmosphere since the Newcastle game at the end of the 13-14 season yeah. uh, when Schilder and Amiobi got sent off for reasons no one understands even now. Uh, there was, you know, we, we didn't win the league that day, uh, which will be good for most of your listeners, but there was the atmosphere that day was great and th- throughout the running of that season the atmospheres were absolutely electric. But yeah, Europe-wise it is. It's the Real Madrid 4-0. Uh, the Real Madrid 4-0 was, was, was a huge European atmosphere and, and people were brought speaking you know it, it, it was a weird season that with reference to Benitez uh, the perception from some supporters was 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 that Benitez wasn't doing a good enough job but that night everyone got together and got behind got, got behind the side and the atmosphere was absolutely magic and as for being favourites I think if you tune it up you know if you tune it up at a game at half time your favourites you know there's no there's there's for me I, I I heard Jamie actually speak to you on your podcast last week and I didn't know I think he was being a bit cute and this idea that you know well, it's only slight favouritism You've got to just shrug your shoulders and say we're favourites. It's Evertonian not to. I spoke to him a few days later, and he was a bit more cocksure. Yeah, you've, you've got to just you, you know it is what it is. And, and if Liverpool don't go through tonight, then Manchester United will have played very very well. But Liverpool will be at least in part at fault. You, there's, there's, there's Manchester United have got to make Liverpool play poorly. And I thought last week Liverpool played, made Manchester United play poorly. I don't think just Manchester United just played poorly. I think Liverpool did lots of things that meant they couldn't get time on the ball. They couldn't relax. Yeah, and the players said that the United players said that, and every out field player was dreadful they, they had a, a game plan and it didn't work I notice they use the term that's a bit Evertonian describe what that means when you say that as a, a Liverpool well team. at the moment for instance the Blues are all terrified because they're the favourites to win the FA Cup just be the favourites to win the FA Cup lads it doesn't actually matter and what that means is that there's this idea that you know Evertonians love the you know they, they want to be the underdogs they want to be the idea that the you're always you're, you're, you're always apologising for your success the success that you get you're crying it in all the time the idea that we're never going to score we're never going to score oh we've just scored it's all very Evertonian it's just this 
this idea of constantly always always seeing the worst in any situation, always going. You know, I noticed last night as, as there is actually a parallel where you know there was lots and lots of City supporters uh, tweeting last night when Bayern Munich were getting beat. Always oh, already adopted the Manche- Man- Manchester City way. Oh, behave yourself! You you, you, sh- you should have won the league this season. You've won two titles in the last four years. You're still in the European Cup. You've won the League Cup. Don't. But they've still got this mentality in Everton. I don't actually think Everton are necessarily as bad as Manchester City even, but there's an Evertonian mentality of, oh, well, we'll never achieve X because... I'll give you a really good example. There was a, there was a European game in about 2009 where Everton played Fiorentina and they lost on a penalty shootout. Yeah. And the second penalty was Yacouba when he hit the inside of the post and it bounced out. It was quite unlucky. And it bounces out and they lose the penalty shootout at Goodison. And I got a taxi back. I was watching it with my friends and I got a taxi back home and the, the caller was ringing into Barry Horn Evertonian legend, dog of war. Who Barry um, Horn? Barry Horn. Who? Uh, there's this. Not really an Evertonian legend. Is uh, it? Well, he's had some absolutely brilliant players. I might be being facetious, Andy. And Evertonian legend Barry Horn takes the call, and the caller says, "The caller says, I tell you what, Barry, I'm watching that there, and I just think to myself, that penalty is it? It's the inside of the post and bounces out. If we're wearing red, it goes in." And Barry says, I think you're absolutely right there, mate. As though physics doesn't apply if you wear a red kit. And that is pure Evertonianism, like as, as though, you know, th- th- there's, there's, there's constantly the universe is conspiring against them. And so tonight, for instance, the universe is conspiring against Liverpool. We're walking into Old Trafford with two goals to the goods. Should there be more? United's goalkeeper was excellent last week. But if you'd have offered any Liverpool supporter 2 0 before a ball was kicked, they'd have took it. So it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, it is one of them. Going to head over to Old Trafford, speak to some people there and gauge what is, is your heart is. saying yes and your head saying no yeah it is my heart is saying we're going through <laughs> my head is saying we're not my problem is and I think this is like a personality trait as it as I get closer to the event I'm convinced that my best example of this is when Manchester went for the Olympic Games in 2000 yeah I knew Manchester was not going to get the Olympic Games right I still bought a Manchester 2000 t-shirt. I wrote letters of complaint to the Evening News saying there are not enough stockists of Manchester 2000 t-shirts in Manchester. I got in touch with the campaign office in Manchester. I said, you're not doing enough. Give us some flags. I'll take them to Manchester United away games. So I had them in the away end at Aston Villa. And I built myself up and up and up. But by the night before the bid was announced and Manchester went up against Sydney, a world-class city... Beijing, another world-class city. I was absolutely convinced that Manchester was going to get the Olympics, and they didn't. They were a long way third behind those other two, which both went on to host consecutive Olympic Games. And I'm like that with football. So now I think Manchester United are going to win. But if I just switch my brain on for a second, I'll say 2-0 down, very poor team, injuries, very negatively-minded manager. But then... Manchester United beat Arsenal a few weeks ago. I couldn't see that coming from anywhere. That's probably why I love football I have this, so much. I have this whole Strange thing that, things happen. I put in the in the uh, in the in the fanzine which you were kind enough to put in. That. You did, and I must thank you for doing that free page interview. You had a very good feedback. Um, thank you from, from, from readers. The um, thing I would say whenever I do any they of don't them. like Liverpool. Probably don't like <laughs> you, but 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 they respect you. Good on them. Uh, they sound like a great set of lads. What I always say on those things is, and I genuinely believe this is that Liverpool and Manchester United, because of Busby, because of Shankly, latterly because of Ferguson, uh, because of Paisley, you end up with with things in your DNA 
and one of the things to Manchester United's DNA is winning yeah. and they'll find a way to win and I've always said that for instance any other side could have had the same confluence of factors in 2005 in Istanbul and they they wouldn't have won whereas there was a, a Liverpool thing about the fact that it was Euro- all the European nights all the European events and it comes together for us in the same way Manchester United have a history an absolute unbelievable history in cups in leagues but in cups and even even during the period where United didn't win a league they had this phenomenal history 26 years that was imagine well, going 26 years without winning a league uh, you know what I've never had a pint whilst Liverpool have been champions Andy ever think about that uh, I've never had a pint because really? I, I was nine yeah, last time we were yeah. champions um, and I would say this in all of our shows and all, all the old fellas come on and they go yeah yeah you know what I mean I would, Rome and all these yeah. trips and, yeah that's tri- that, lads, fellas who someone once went to be a you know someone once went on one of our shows uh, someone who's in, in his 50s went yeah I I'd give Istanbul up for a league and one of the young lads went you give, why don't you give up 81 if you want to give a European don't give my European cup back give one of your European cups back don't give and, but one of the things about Istanbul was Liverpool found a way right the way through that tournament Liverpool found a way Manchester United finds a way it's one of the things that they do in the way in which Arsenal don't find a way the way in which Manchester City one of the big issues they've got as a club is they don't find a way it, what's in built in them is not finding a way Manchester United finds a way so I, whilst I'm confident about tonight I'd be foolish not to be on the other hand I know we're coming up against a side who will find a way and you know for instance the only other side that's managed that I think in the last 30 years of English football is Chelsea because of the work Mourinho did when he first got there so that when Chelsea won the European Cup in 2011 or 12 it's because of something ingrained in them and those players and that club at that time that they're gnarly and they'll find a way but that's the only other side that's managed it and that wears off whereas for Liverpool and United it's never worn off these sides find a way so if you know if, you, if you're listening to this after the fact and United have gone through with a 3-0 and you're thinking yeah he was very sure of himself trust me Liverpool supporters know because you're recognise it because the two cities and the two clubs are alike you know that they know that they can find a way to do this tonight even with Van Gaal even with the injuries with the whole thing you can find a way I mean Makeda powers you to a title for God's sake in 2009 yeah who was, who was competing for that title hey, it was us it was us and <laughs> that's why I'll never forget mate um, I'll tell you a little story about about that that game at Old Trafford in 2009 um, I'll sound like a bit of an arsehole for saying it but I was on a ship in the Indian Ocean um, on one of my mad little trips the captain of the ship was a scouser in his early 60s um, Captain Derek and he got to know that I was a Man United fan and I quite liked him he lived in Formby he was friends with all the old Liverpool boot team <laughs> boys and, um, it was, it was a, a couple of weeks and 400 passengers got on this ship the day of Manchester United 1, Liverpool 4. And the captain welcomed the passengers onto this ship and said, do we have an Andy Mitten in here? And he knew too well that I was in there. And he said, uh, yeah, um, Andy, in case you don't know, uh, Manchester United, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of the elder passengers didn't quite hear what they thought they heard was, he's a Manchester United player. <laughs> so for the next week, I had people coming up to me going, oh, do you, do you play with George Best? <laughs> 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 or whatever. So yeah, uh, Andy, um, just got a result for you today. It's um, Liverpool uh, beat Manchester United 4-0. And then all his faces looked at me. <laughs> And he's just absolutely loving it. And his wife, Bernadette, from Formby, posh scousers. But 2009 was when Manchester United did have that, that way. Definitely had it. I'm not convinced they've got it anymore, I must be honest. There are still remnants of it at Old Trafford. You You've still remnants. got your, 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 um, your Carricks. Um, 
Giggs on the bench, although if you speak to United fans will say that Giggs just sits there on the bench. You mentioned Istanbul. Always remember a text from Peter Hooten. I know how from Istanbul, I know how you felt in Barcelona. Yep. And there's definitely that that yeah that, that spirit. Let's hope that Manchester United prevail tonight. I'm sure you don't agree, but I'd like to thank you for your time. No problem. And how can I say good luck to you? I don't want you to have good luck. Why don't you lose every week? I would week? say this, I would say this. Have a lovely evening, apart from a core two hours where I want you to have a terrible time. I'll leave you. Should we do that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you have the final word there. Thank you. There's 90 minutes to kick off. I'm outside Old Trafford. It is the most beautiful Manchester day. The sun is still really strong. It's taken me almost an hour to get from the centre of town to Old Trafford. The traffic's really busy. And I've just bumped into a gentleman, Ranjith. Yes, Ranjith. And you're from India originally. Yes, I am. And now you live in Canada. Yes, I do. And you're a Manchester United fan. You've come to the game from Canada with an instruction from your father to buy a fanzine. Yes. And... You're from Punjab originally in India. Yes, I am. Tell me why you started following Manchester United. Was it because of your dad? Yes, he's the first time we got the telly, telly in India, like they started showing the matches on ESPN. So that's they used to play the broadcast after a couple of days after the live event has happened in it. So that's on Sundays we I started watching the matches. And that's how I started following United. So I clearly remember... In Punjab or in Canada? Yes, in Punjab, yes. So ever since, I've been watching the matches on telly, but today I got lucky and I got a ticket. When did your father start following United on ESPN? Since 1992. 92? Yeah. And then you followed since then? And then you emigrated to Canada? In 2005. Whereabouts in Canada? In Toronto. And you follow United from... Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I I shouldn't be saying this on uh, here, but... We have IPTV, it's an internet broadband. I don't watch uh, football on uh, TSN or something, but I watch it on Sky Sports and BD Sports. That's how into I am into football, watching, uh, like, because in North America they call it soccer, yeah. which I don't like it. So. And what do they call it in India? Football. Do you know that the coach of the best Indian team is from Manchester? No. Uh-huh. And he used to play for Manchester United. No. And he's called Ashley Westwood. And he's in charge of Beng- that, Bengaluru. Bengaluru, the new league that they started. Yeah. No, that's the only league I follow, but yeah. Premier League, that's it, so that's all I know. How many times, is this your first time at Old Trafford? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah it's the so first you, time. So you booked with Liverpool at home in mind? Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I booked it. That's what I, I remember on 28th of February, the, when the fixture was announced. So I had to wait on the internet on the e-ticketing website that United have three and a half hours to get into e-ticketing and waited three hours on the internet uh, to, buy the to buy the ticket. And how much was your flight? Uh, it cost me $652. That's a good price. Yeah. So This time of year is good. Yeah. And what's going to happen? You know what? Hart says I think we should go through, but it's going to be tough. Sounds right. like me. Yeah. Hart says one thing in your head yeah. says... Uh, Another thing. You know, okay. they'll be just sitting back and just waiting for us to push forward. That's how long are you in Manchester for? I will be leaving on nineteenth. Yeah. So you're gonna try and get to the Derby game as well. Oh no, that is no, no, I, sorry. I couldn't find, couldn't get yeah. our location for and that's, Derby uh, games. Nineteenth yeah. Saturday as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's on twentieth though. And and describe Manchester United's support in Canada. It's huge. It's huge. There's a pub in downtown uh, where all the. United supporters gather, but unfortunately I haven't been there. 
I just usually watch it with my friend at home. So he comes to my house, either I go to his place, and we watch it together. And there is a one Chelsea fan that we have up there, and we friggin' tease him every every time we sit together and watch a game when they we are playing Chelsea. So it's a good banter when we have when we sit together and watch games. Well, great to see you, uh, Old Trafford, and hello to any United fans listening in India, especially Punjab yeah. and Canada as well, because we know that Gary Whelan out the Happy Mondays lives in Toronto, and he listens to these podcasts. Um, all right, Gary. Um, don't do your heading about the managerial situation too much at <laughs> Manchester United I know you're getting extremely tense about it but just try and channel that energy into new material with your band um, thank you for your time no don't worries Andy no worries uh, good afternoon Simon Whittle uh, from Blackburn Simon you're a familiar face at Manchester United games but I believe you Cheltenham is um, the focus of your attention more this week oh it is yeah we go down to Cheltenham every, every year all four days but with this game you can't miss it like you know got to come back and miss the third day of Cheltenham today so to come back for it and then you're going back for the Gold Cup first thing in the morning six o'clock yeah how's Cheltenham been this year uh, first two days I've lost about 200 quid today I got quite a bit back so I'm on an even keel there's a lot on the United We Stand Forum giving tips and they were good tips I think everyone made a right few quid on the first day what about Manchester United you obviously know United so what about United what's going to happen against Liverpool I just thought what, first of all we don't embarrass ourselves but you know just leaving the garden you know leaving the back door open and let them just sit back and count, count us get a goal in the first half and hopefully then just pile the pressure on and then see how it goes you confident I think we can beat I think we'll beat them but I, I'm, whether we get the three goals or not is another, another, another matter and this season in general disappointment absolute disappointment it's been a shocker really uh, he keeps taking credit for these kids but he's been forced into playing them and the, the kids aren't his responsibility for me they're, they're all Warren Joyce's what would you do with the managerial situation uh, I think I think in the summer he has to go but then you know the, the likes of Edward with the Glazers have got to look and think what do they want long term obviously you have money in your short term but you want a long term strategy which brings in people like Potticino Lauren Blanc and then others from Spain or whatever we don't know about I don't honestly think there's anybody in England apart from perhaps Eddie Howe at Bournemouth yeah. he's done a good job doing there and with Steve Armstrong as well Steve you're selling United we stand have you been at Cheltenham as well I was there yeah I'm going tomorrow I'm, uh, I'll, be down, I'll be down there tomorrow one two three four five it's so been more enjoyable than United God, the, uh, a class five handicap at Southall's more enjoyable than United at the minute there's um, a few characters around us at the moment. Uh, one of them's got attacked. I'm going to story about that without yeah, well, mentioning name. Any, yeah, no um, names. Well, he's 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 been in, he's he get, he's got into a bit of trouble selling unofficial merchandise down at this end. So uh, they've tagged him up. So it's uh, his ankle starts buzzing at about seven o'clock, uh, and it. And he's got to go home then, but it uh, it goes back off at ten o'clock. So he can't sell scarves here, but we can go out fucking robbing houses and, <laughs> and nicking <laughs> burgling people's gear if they want. So it's the strangest thing I've ever heard. To be honest, yeah, he's a he's a he's he's a good lad. He's down here every uh, every week doing an honest honest bit. That's probably the only honest and upfront thing he does actually. Are you going to be out of Cheltenham on Friday in a good mood? After the game against Liverpool or not? Not really. I, I, I've uh, I've come with me pessimists and never disappointed hat today. Um, I've no, you know, issue with what you know Anfield. We didn't turn up, and that's the end of the matter. Under an Alex Ferguson team, I wouldn't be looking at a two 0 deficit 
coming back here and panicking too much about it I'd be in the early goal get stuck into win mode but you know there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that suggests that anything that Louis van Gaal can do I mean he's you know where, where does he honestly think that we got the potential to score four goals from I mean it's just ridiculous I can't I'm sure there's one somewhere but I can't remember a four goal hole in his entire time that he's been here so you know um, I remember Milton Keane scoring four well yeah that was another long night home, United it? scored four I can remember loads of threes yeah we um, definitely who's it again Rouge away oh yeah how yeah. was that that yeah. 250 back mate cheers Anyone else? Enjoy, I'm sure there is another. Um, and Shaw, how do you feel? Um, I just want us to have a go. No, no, not about the game, just in general, no, in life. Oh, I'm joking. God. Set me up there. <laughs> tell, no, him, um, tell him your story about, the, uh, about, about where you were at the weekend. Where were you at the weekend? Because you weren't selling United where you stand. Oh, Dusseldorf. Yeah, Why? We went watching Marissa Dorman. We were there for a stag day. It was really good. Um, a lot quieter than I thought it would be. Yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah, but um, somebody had died in the ground. Yeah, so. I saw that. So um, we didn't know, and they announced it in German. Like there was a, and Aaron was singing, "Where's your famous atmosphere?" And he's on his own stag day. <laughs> About six lads picked him up and threw him down the tribune. So, they've got like a minute silence for the guy who died. He died in the ground, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it weren't a minute silence because he died during the game. So unless you can understand the German announcements you don't have a clue what's going on we stand so like Shinji Kagawa scored and everyone's quiet what because Shinji scored a goal no because this guy had died and the like and everybody was he was really bad basically because what the Germans must have felt listening to us I don't know but we didn't have a clue what was going on it's all worse in the war (laughs) (laughs) what was the atmosphere like apart from that or did that the, I mean the story afterwards that the well, I don't know what minute he died so I don't know I don't know when was the um, quite when was the death atmosphere and when was the um, <laughs> good atmosphere really I don't know <laughs> I don't know what, at what point to say this isn't really Brucey Dortmund this is um, Brucey Dortmund morning death so you couldn't really gauge whether the, the the southern wall at the Westfallen Stadium was as good as everyone says yeah I couldn't tell it was a shame really because that, that's one of the reasons I wanted to go you can't blame the fella for dying though for spoiling <laughs> it can you that it's yeah, a bit that. strange though do you not think I mean there's been matches at Old Trafford where people have died yeah I think well, the, the, like, the, I find the, it a bit strange how they announce it over the yeah. over the thing and everybody start shuts up doesn't even stop even stop celebrating goals I don't think they didn't announce it here no, I think the law of averages when you've got 76,000 people nobody would buy a pie someone <laughs> someone would uh, see Dubman's article in the fanzine where it said the pies are too hot you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he leaves them under his seat to be consumed at the following match so that they've had time to cool down yeah. but you know I'm sure people have heart attacks at Old Trafford and yeah, I've heard stories but I don't think it would be announced but no, maybe no, that's a cultural not. thing where they feel that I don't know dying at the games like the ultimate if you're a Borussia Dortmund fan if we have an, then, if yeah. we have an attack in their head territory this afternoon I reckon I'm going to have an heart attack <laughs> like United not, we stand to that we all felt like a bunch of bellens when we found out but you know he's dead now do? he's dead now anyway yeah. let's talk about um, <laughs> yeah, finally score prediction Stephen I, I, they're going to score so you they're know not. That. why are they going to score because our defence do you know Bournemouth have scored. Do you know bad. Bournemouth have scored more than United? This I know, season? I know, I know. You know and that's just that. Just uh, you know. So how can we have any expectations? Bournemouth have picked up more points on the road than United. Well, Bournemouth, Manchester United. With Eddie, how Eddie ridiculous does that sound? Managed by Eddie Howe, who got three percent of votes on the Manchester Evening News, is who should be the next manager survey. Um, 
Anyway, don't start me on the evening news. I'll we'll go down fighting, mate. They, uh, start me on United's next manager, otherwise we're both going to get peppered. <laughs> and no, prediction? I, one, one I think we'll win 2-1, mate. But we'll just we'll go out to a late goal, I think. Simon? Uh, again, 2-1 at our break again, I think. I think we're going to end in tears. This young gentleman buying United, we stand. Prediction, mate? Sorry? Prediction for the game? Uh, the podcast? I won't be looking for the Europa draw tomorrow. I don't think we'll be in it. Really? Yeah. So just enjoy United where you stand then. Hopefully that'll cheer you up. Yeah, it could be here, but no. I think it'll be 3 1. And then, and going out I on away so. goals. Jesus. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I, uh, <laughs> I hope you're wrong as well. Yeah. Nice. I, I did that treble. I did that. Um... Uh, the game's just finished. United are out of Europe, but not to have a European competition for the second time in three months. Um, that deserve to go through I'm with Danny Webber Danny you were covering the game former United player now at Salford City what did you make of it? I just think he looked disjointed I think you, you know you only have to look at teams gone by to, to the team today and you're looking at well Marouane Fellaini running through the middle of the park and he's, Fellaini's a good player within his own right but is he a Roy Keane is he a Paul Scholes he's, he's nowhere near that level and that's the standard that we expect at United there's an area Manchester United have never been rich financially and yet on the pitch they look so poor they look so deprived of Manchester United standard players the recruitment's been dreadful in the last couple of years I don't think it's unfair to judge Louis van Gaal after near almost 90 games now in charge it's getting worse and worse there's new lows coming every single month it's absolutely shocking well, I think you know you can you can go so far. It was when he when I when he first came in, he was saying, "Okay, judge me after three months," and everybody gave him three months. And then after that, it was you know, judge me next season. He will judge me next season. And fair enough, you know, no one's saying he's not a good manager again within his own right. And he's you know, or was or, or what or was, but maybe he's underestimated the um, the size of the job here, the size of the club, and um, you know and the way the club is expected to perform and that means and when I say that I don't mean you know every game doesn't have to be free-flowing football it's a, it's a certain work rate a certain standard certain um, style and a, yeah and a certain style that even if you lost you think well you know what what a game we played and we tried to do it the right way and that's not what we're seeing at the moment the only, the only people I'm seeing it with um, in general is the homegrown lads yeah I thought Rashford actually did quite well tonight and the first 44 minutes was really encouraging yeah. United there was always a danger they were going to get caught out and Varela was moving up too far forward and not getting back mm-hmm. and, and then he got punished for, for that goal but that goal just killed it didn't it it, it did kill it and you know firstly touching on Rashford I think he was for me he, exci- he excited me yeah. you know I, I love watching him play he is Mancunian through and through, and that's what the club's built on people like that and what they do. And um, so, you know, this, you know, right at the end, I saw him, he was cramping after 55 minutes, and he carried on running as his heart out to he the was end. sprinting after 85 minutes, he was, yeah, he was. So, um, from you know, from, from that point of view, I don't think I think if everybody took a leaf out of his book and put the effort in, then it would, it would be a little bit different, but it just seems pedestrian a lot of the time you mentioned him being a Manchester lad I think the whole identity the club is struggling at the moment what does Manchester United stand for is it about bringing in these huge name players who a lot of them are failing to deliver there's been a lot of underwhelming signings Um, is it about the youth development where there's been um, which has been under resourced for a couple of years bottom line people will be judging the first team Manchester United 5th, 6th in the league they get some good results like teams who are 5th and 6th 
in the league do but the current form the current way they're playing there's a danger they're going to finish out of the European positions again it's a massive failure of, co- of course I mean, for a, for a club of this stature obviously gaining Champions League promotion Champions League um, status again last year was, was a forward step mm. but you meant to build on that yeah. and we, United haven't built on that at all and that's not over one game Danny for, I went to all those Champions League matches mm-hmm. they were really average United yeah. especially away from home and even in the home games it was a real struggle you, Champions League you've got six games to prove yourself and United failed they didn't qualify from it it's consistently bad I think if you if you, you know if you, if you look at you know, the results they tell it all you know yes, as yeah. you say it's um, it's not unlucky yeah. you know you can't say it's unlucky you can't blame it they're, they're a factor they're a factor but at the same time you know we weren't, we weren't, we've not played Barcelona we've not played Real Madrid we've not played any, any of the Bayern Munichs of, the, of this world so the best you know, teams I watched Barcelona last night I dread to think what would happen if they met Manchester United fortunately for Manchester United's sake the two paths are not going to cross because they're in different competitions that, that, that's the sort of um, you know the, the thought of that just makes you shudder um, the, the fluidity and that's that Barcelona they, they maintain their identity no matter what and that's what United are struggling to do at the moment they maintain the fact that they play free flowing football and the blend is the most important thing if you're going to spend 80 million on Suarez or whatever you spend he comes in and he plays the Man United way free free. I remember, remember 15 years ago the Barca way sorry interviewing um, Philip Cocu mm-hmm. and he just said it's 4 free free. Yeah. it cannot change mm-hmm. and it was at a time when Valencia were champions who said our fans would not accept the way they play yeah. that's the whole identity of the club here uh-huh. and Manchester United's identity as I was saying earlier on on and off the field it's become a struggle what does the club stand for now what does the stand in the football did you see the um, West Ham game on Saturday the the formation changed twice in the first 15 minutes that that, that to me is one of the biggest problems we're looking at at opposition we're becoming reactive at home well home home and away we don't dominate it was this is how we play I used to you know United used to be a place where people would come and United would have 70% of the ball and they'd accept that that was going to be the case and they were going to be under the cosh at the moment as you say we are reacting to having been under pressure for 10 minutes so we're under pressure for 10 minutes that means a formation must change or um, you know a, a substitution needs to be made no just because just because someone makes an individual error doesn't mean that you need to change everything or just because United have been under a cosh for 10 minutes doesn't mean you need to change everything teams are going to have some of the ball but if you're changing that day in day out the players you know you, it's, it's too much you're playing against top players and it's too much to be changing the formation Mid, mid-game so so often whether you think you've drilled it well enough in training or not the lads need to be in a, in a formation where they're flowing they're enjoying it and at the, at the moment I don't see a smile on anybody's face they're not they're not enjoying it they're not, not convinced all. by the manager I know for a fact they're not convinced by the manager that wasn't you causing trouble at the end in the stand was it? yeah I just got my gloves on <laughs> thanks no, for your time no problem cheers Take as many questions as we can. Uh, James, you're going to kick us off. Congratulations. I think yesterday you said that you knew how to play Manchester United. Did that all go to plan for your football club and your team? Yeah, the most moments we would, of course, we knew that um, they, will, they will show a reaction. Of course, it was much more intensive for Man United side um, than the first game. And, um, the redirection was short build up or a long ball for Fellaini, so that both options, we cannot defend both at the same time, so we have to react. 
You know, we had a little bit of problems the first half with second balls. They, they want too much second balls. Usually it's a 50-50 situation. I think tonight it was in the first half 70-30. Four matches tonight. But when, when we got the ball and, we, and we, when we used the time we had, because we had a lot more time than we felt in these moments. And when we, but when we played football, then, then we came through and then we had brilliant moments. And I think um, we created wonderful chances, big chances, but the hair. Um, and another good night and uh, a successful career until now. So, um, yeah, they, they got a penalty. I think it was it was a penalty. Um, and um, Phil had a genius moment. Wonderful. And I, but I love these two minutes before half time because we reacted twice quicker than the opponent. We had uh, was a discussion for the free kick. And Handel played the ball and we. Yeah, we sometimes like counterattack, miss the last pass, but we did the second half a little bit more often, and get back, have to run back and get again, well again quicker in mind, and, and then really use the situation. So that was a brilliant moment, and, and of course, it decided the game tonight. The, the goal changed that game. Did it change what you said to the players at half time? Probably, but I'm not too sure because I, I, I didn't really think um, in the 43rd minute what I will say to the players. So um, I don't know, but it was it was um, yeah it was different. But before the game, it was clear that Man United could score a goal, and then if you stay clear in mind and nothing happens, that's absolutely no problem. The problem is we have always the advantage until 3-0. So that's how it is. But it's not easy to to, to say the player we can they can score three goals if we make one. We are through, so that makes not too much sense. <laughs> but it's the truth, and so I was not. I was cool, and um, well, I don't think it would was the biggest difference between. I would have said in the half time. So you, you, you said yesterday about envisioning and, and dreaming. Was this the dream that you had? <laughs> oh, what can I say? In my dreams, I win all games, but um, <laughs> it's a draw. Yeah, but we are through, so that's good. And we had. Um, yeah, it was, it was good, it was good, it was intensive, um, we, we deserved the next round, I think there's no doubt about this, and that feels really good, that feels really good, it was really hard work again, so in the future, yeah, not against Man United maybe, because um, that will be always intensive, but in the future when we have, we have to, to be a little bit more clear, you see all these counter-attacks in the second half, we take five players, well, counter attack and, and played the last pass well and had really no chance to, to get the pass and had to run back. So that's I think I don't know how many meters we, we, we collect tonight only because of bad pass in the last moment. So that, that's not too smart. But the rest was really, really good and um, so yeah, intensive fight against the big opponent. Cool. Paul? Cool. Can you say, express a little bit more about Coutinho? He's able to do something out of nothing. And also, you said he told this game you wanted United. Do you want Dortmund in the next round? Or? No. Uh, Phil, yeah. What, what, I should say a little bit more about Phil. Yes, if possible. You know him longer than, longer than I know him, so maybe you know everything about him. But his, um, he had this moment in the, a lot of good moments in the first half. It was uh, from, the, from the working side, uh, one of the best I ever saw. That was really good. It was a little like Man City in City. That was really brilliant game. 
Um, and he had this moment when we got a perfect pass. I'm not sure who played it. And the first touch was not too good. With his technique, usually it's a, it's a big chance. So you saw in his face, it's not too easy for him to handle this. But um, um, yeah, he has to trust more in himself because it's clear with his quality, he always will get another one. And that was, of course, how it said. It was brilliant what he did. It was the most unexpected. Uh, what you could do in a situation like this and perfect goal. So, and um, Dortmund, of course not. Why should I want the, the most strongest team in the, in the tournament in, in the next round? But not, not so silly. So, um, and, um, but if well, we go there and, and try to win, because I, I saw only a little bit of the other results, but I'm pretty sure there's no, no, no easy game anymore. So, it's not too important. Only we have to be prepared and hopefully we have. Any final ones, guys? You think just to believe the players believe a lot more now than they did? <laughs> I said before the game, we are not in the worst moments in Samia. That's how it is. So, but I said it the next the next moment um, about Moreno had a little moment injury. We are not sure. We only would not go risk. Maybe it's nothing. So we will know more about tomorrow. And yeah, you see, it's the <coughs> movements with the team, the, the timing. A lot of things are better. We are far away from from. It's easy, but it's better and. Um, the most important thing, we have players on the bench, they are 100% fit. 100% fit, and I have really difficult decisions to make. That's the best thing a manager can do. Final question here from the echo. Um, was Jordan Henderson ill? Was he a yeah. for this game? Uh, we did, I'm not sure. Do you know before the game that he had something in the game? In halftime, he... Vomit. Vomit? Yeah. Um, and, um, but then said, no, I feel better. <laughs> I think everybody knows this feeling. After vomiting, you can feel better. And um, yeah, but then the second half we try. Um, yeah, it was here as soon as possible. Though, because Joel is a perfect situation, but against Man United, with then a lot of hazards, you have to think. Okay, come on, as long as as possible, we should be on the, on the pitch. But now we have to see. I didn't see him after the game in the press room. To be honest, though. I think he's he's already in the bus. Okay. Thanks, guys. Please. Your, your thoughts on that? Are you angry, upset, frustrated? I'm not angry. I'm not uh, frustrated. I was very proud of my players. They have given everything. And uh, I was very pleased that the fans were also recognizing that because they applauded after the match in spite of we are out of the EuroLeague. That was... Uh, Remarkable, I think. But uh, we have played, I think, like uh, Liverpool uh, did play in, in the home match uh, with us. We have done that uh, with them now. We have created uh, a lot of chances in the first half. We score a penalty. Lincoln, Mata, Fellani, Marshall. And then you concede uh, one goal in the last uh, seconds. Yeah, that's that's what we did not uh, do uh, in Liverpool. They scored the away goal, and that was the difference. The difference also how they feel in the dressing room at halftime and how uh, we have to race.
So I think that that's the big difference that they scored in the first half that goal in the last uh, second. And in the second half, yeah, you try to raise them out of the disappointment, but you uh, you know and the fans know and and everybody know that you have to score three goals and that is more difficult. And then we have played also against West Ham United and and we were one zero in behind and then we have given also everything and we have to recover then in in the week and Liverpool has a week free so that's a big difference and you could see that also in the last 50 minutes and uh, and now we have the same against Manchester City uh, so but we keep confidence because uh, Arsenal had the same benefit uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago and, and we beat them also so we have to beat uh, Manchester City because that is the other chance to uh, qualify ourselves for the Champions League How much more pressure does this put on you? How much more pressure does this put on you as a yeah, but the pressure was also today. The pressure was also today. Uh, uh, Manchester United has always pressure because uh, the the expectations are very high, and uh, so the pressure for these uh, players is also uh, always very high, and uh, uh, we know that, and we can cope with that, but. Yeah, we were not lucky today, I think. When you were chasing the three goals you needed, was there maybe a case of bringing on Memphis to high, who was your sort of one attacking option amongst your substitutes, rather than, say, Schweinsteiger or whatever? Yeah, but you can always discuss after the match when it is not uh, <laughs> uh, like uh, everybody wants. Then you can uh, discuss every change. But you never know how it then develops. And I have to change also players because of uh, the tiredness. So uh, I have already two changes. So I had only one change. And uh, uh, my change was that we play uh, one against one on, on the whole pitch with Fellani in, in front. And maybe you remember he get a chance to score. One with his head and one with his foot. So, so bad it is not, but when he scores, yeah, that's different. I know you wanted a, a catalyst to get you back on the winning ways again, so where, where does this leave you now? Is, is City going to be that catalyst maybe? I hope so. We shall do everything what we have done also today. Louis, when you say you were unlucky, and surely in the end there wasn't enough quality in the side to overcome Liverpool, but aside from tiredness, you had to score those goals and, and you didn't get close. <coughs> yeah, uh, when you see that like that, yeah. I think also that we have to score out of the chances. I have said that. But, but uh, <laughs> it is not always like that. But I think when you create so many chances against a, a good side like Liverpool, yeah. Uh, but of course, the result is the most important thing. How much, how much of a concern is it though, Louis, that David De Gea again had a great game to prevent Liverpool scoring more goals? Does that tell you anything that you need to worry about? No, because when you take the risk 
to press so high okay, that we did and to be so aggressive. Yeah. Then you know also that uh, you can know that you have uh, counterattacks and and Liverpool, Sturridge, uh, Lalana, uh, Coutinho are very fast and, and handy players. So you take that risk. But but nevertheless, they they uh, didn't create so much, and only when we lose the ball, when we were uh, too hasty, I think. But that's also because of the match. But still, we have created uh, a lot of uh, chances, and uh, David de Gea is a member of our squad. So. You cannot say that, uh, that we have to uh, change David de Gea and then uh, put another goalkeeper and then he doesn't stop that, uh, that ball. No, he's a, a player of our squad. And that is also quality. It's post-match after Manchester United won, Liverpool won in the Europa League, which uh, means United are out on their asses. Not that uh, we didn't expect that. We, uh, we all said on the, the podcast... Uh, last time we were out, that, that when we went round, nobody uh, nobody had any high expectations of it, and uh, for once United met them. So uh, with me, Stu Paris and Shaw, who's uh, who's joined us um, after a weekend off, <laughs> uh, Stu Edwards, John Ashton, and Alan Buckley. How was your stag, do Alan? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to apologise now because I left half of my brain in Germany, so I don't really expect my opinions to be up to much tonight. But yeah, yeah. No I, uh, I I had a whisper. I had a whisper that you were. Uh, you didn't join in in the uh, in the tribute to the person who lost his life in the stadium. The thing is, I've been doing a bit of German on Duolingo, and I only got to 24%. So when they announced it at half time that some poor bastard had died, after all the beer I'd had, I didn't take it in. Never yeah. mind. Um, lads, obviously we're out. Um, not uh, not unexpected, as we said. Um, so I don't think any of us are sat around here too disappointed, to be honest with you, because at the end of the day we uh, we didn't see it coming. But um, what are your general thoughts about the game and the tie overall? I thought it was a good point that tonight. <laughs> Pretty buzz. Still buzzing now. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you, could, you, you should go on that. Um, what's it called? That United stand. I bet they're talking about it as a good home point. That. Uh, oh, it's ridiculous. Same thing. He's like, fucking played all right, but it's just he it was lost in the first leg when he was over and done with end. So you can't get too down high because I didn't expect anything out of it. So to come away with that point, I'm just absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Better performance than expected, to be honest. I thought we had a lot of um, six or seven good chances, but just seeing that we only have three shots on goal, so right? the finishing was shit, yeah. So, I mean, really bad, weren't it? I mean, Matter and Lingard both should have scored early, shouldn't they? Before I go to Stu, I'm just going to check that we're not going to get attacked by a goose at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that goose is long gone. <laughs> L- listen, there. birds running away from us at speed isn't a thing that we, <laughs> we've seen that many a time. Yeah, I think Ant's right what he said. I think I'm pretty sure we didn't have a shot on target second half, so we're getting used to that, aren't we? And let's be honest, Henderson should have scored first half and possibly one of her as well, bit the crossbar. So, although we did play better and very well first half, it could have been probably two each at half time. So... Yeah, it was uh, definitely lost first first game, wasn't it? When Carrick decided to try and play the ball out in the six-yard box, no, it was game over then, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, it's, I caught the lads. I said it's it's the hope that kills you a little bit with it, and it that did it. Um, it's better uh, to just have none. Well, honestly, yeah, exactly. I learned that off hand. That's kind of what what we used to, and we got a little bit excited um, at one nil. There was a couple of chances at one nil. Rojo put one just wide. And but you started to feel that like they were creating a couple of chances as well. And, and whoever scored that, whoever scored that goal was going. The next goal was obviously going to be going to be a killer of the tie. And to score at the time they did, um, yeah, it was done. It was done and dusted. They might as well just blown the full, blown full time whistle at time. We all thought so far would have been. You know that Rojo thing was the only thing I was going to say and just nicked yeah, it off me. <laughs> but no. Uh, uh, <laughs> No, like I say, you know, we didn't. Our expectations weren't really up there tonight, were they? And you know, ten years ago, I'd have been really pissed off getting knocked out of a European competition by Liverpool. But I'm really not too arsed because I think at the minute we've got bigger fish to fry than uh, staying up, than trying to scrape food. Because let's face it, as soon as we come across a, a decent side, although there's not too many left in this competition, but I reckon there's still two or three better than us. So let's just make a proper run now for this for this top four. <laughs> well, the thing is, is I um, so I can't remember which one you said it, but the, the number of chances we didn't have many shots, but we had enough for that ball. In that, there was a lot of penalty area action, wasn't there? And we didn't do a lot with it. Is it? Do you reckon that just you know, if we'd have had a team that with people who could finish and put the ball anywhere near a goal and shoot, that that might have been a different outcome? Yeah, Matt, Matt where was he playing first twenty minutes? Someone tell me because I'm not quite sure. Got to do with finishing. Because when he's up front, he's in number ten. Lingard, they were swapping, weren't they? And then Marshall's fucking glued to the left touch line. And then too cute at times. And then you're open for Fellaini, who who can't fucking finish off his own cock. Tactically, he made a bollocks there in that first half, though. And you could you could see it coming a mile off, though. That uh, Varela was getting done too many times on that fullback, and, and he's got Matter sat in front of him. And why is Lingard playing for the middle and Matter out wide? When he, he clearly needed some support, maybe shouldn't have even been on the pitch in the first place. And and it, you could you could just sense it was coming, and then it, obviously it did, and it was tie over. That defence was all over the place, wasn't it? It really was. I mean, why don't we just like? We're playing a lad now, Varela. Now I hate criticising young lads, but he's 22 and he's hardly played any like first team, you know, top level football at all, has he? So why sell a player that we had with eight eight years of experience for four million? Yeah, you know, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. If Real Madrid had him and they, was, they they keep him just to sit on the bench all year, I bet Valencia was buzzing to not play for six months and then come on to play immediately out of position. Yeah, and Ashley Young's have been out of position all season as well. It's just a common theme, isn't it? Because we've not, we've not like addressed areas of our squad that needed addressing. So I just go to Van Al's team selection, and he's just got absolutely no squad management. I think I looked at that team tonight, and in that first half until Liverpool scored, it looked, you know, we were doing all right, weren't we? But tonight, I don't know what the game plan was. Like you know, Stu said, people are playing out of position. Here, there, and everywhere. And I think I'm sure Van Al just pulls eleven names out of an hat and thinks, right. Let's put these into some kind of shape, and that's why we end up with right backs at left back. Huh? Did we get to the end of August before Ashley Young was at left back? No I idea. Do I don't it. think so. And Fellaini, Fellaini either plays, doesn't play at all, or plays like nine games on the trot for ninety minutes. Oh. I mean, it's... how uninspiring! How many times this season has two of his substitutions been fullbacks? Ridiculous. 
It's absolutely ridiculous. Remember, I remember in the day, you used to look at the first eleven and think, right, who's on the bench? Should we, should we cock it up? Well, he was trying to protect that point that Stu was so delighted <laughs> to keep up. Well, I thought when, when Damien came on, I thought, here we go, we're going to get three goals out of this. You could feel it around the stadium. <laughs> I think we all hate watching football, don't we, yeah, this yeah. season? Yeah, yeah exactly. Did you go to Germany? weekend. The thing is, the thing is, though, is, is that... Um, I reckon there was two people on that pitch out of 22, well, 20 outfield players who I thought have got that ability to do that one moment of magic, Coutinho and both of them, well, I'd have said Coutinho and Sturridge, both of them Martial were both. Really good game yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm starting to think that I, I agree with you, He's, he was active, he was busy, blah, 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 but he's still done very little in front of goal. No, I mean, that's because he's playing on the left wing. Absolutely. <laughs> Coutinho stood out like a sore thumb on that pitch, yeah, didn't he? He's a million times better than any single player on a pitch. He's basically everything he's better, he's, matter to be, isn't he? Do you reckon he'll stay there? Because I wouldn't. It just depends on it. They've obviously got a little bit of a feel-good factor about Liverpool. I mean, the momentum's with them. You know, they're not out of that top four race at the minute at all. Um, it's just one who's going to come calling for him, like you said, for Elmwood or but last I'm hoping that the, the one positive that can come out of tonight is that they'll keep all of the shit players because I don't think they're very good at all. No, I, I won't disagree with that. They, they've got he's, he's got them playing for each other, Annie Klopp. Fucking he's bit done mad. What a good managers should be doing, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and you worry about where they would have been maybe if he'd got to them at the start of the season. Wow. Um, obviously, be a big summer, matter. be a big summer for them. But anyway, fuck them. No, back, the, um, back to Martial though. Sorry to go back to that there. <laughs> I mean, we've, we're all criticising. Well, we're not all criticising him, but we're getting to a point where we're scrutinising the guy. He's only 19 years old. Our squad's been left in such a state that we've we piled yeah, everything onto him. We're saying give Memphis to pie more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give give last year's Dutch Player of the Year who's good 25 goals give him more time it's a fucking joke the, um, I mean this could be quite interesting now because that is now Champions League pretty much dead in the water isn't it? the only way of getting in it was through this tournament really wasn't it we're not going to get fourth so do you reckon that is potentially going to unless what unless we win on Sunday uh, well we're going to come to Sunday in a minute because um, he's you know we, we have to deal with the uh, with these issues and stuff but uh, do you think that's another nail in the manager's already hammered down coffin lid how more hammered down can it possibly be? But they're not going to sack him with a European tournament potentially still available at winner. You've got the cup replay, but the cup replay is not till after the final or something. It's not for <laughs> yeah. weeks yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, that, that's that's obviously become a massive um, importance now. What the, the game on Sunday, obviously, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's a proper six pointer, and you know, if you lose that game, you, you've got no chance of qualifying for the Champions League. So you've, there's a few big turning points coming up um, I, I, don't, I don't think they'll get rid of him until summer I don't think he'll be there no matter what yeah the same we've said it how many times have we said it in the last three or four months somewhere since Christmas but he's not going anywhere um, and yeah we'll get beat by City we can get beat by, by Everton and it won't change so no Euro ways to do now that's it for the, 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 the end of this season and probably for next season if you think about it so what are you going to do with your uh, what are you going to do with your spare time um, I don't know maybe just start to start enjoying life again and <laughs> stop being miserable probably think of something to laugh at Bloomy for <laughs> I'm gonna, I was thinking that we could all uh, all like go up into the hills and take his cat for a walk Stu <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm more, what are we more about Bloomy's cat if I'm honest he'll be counting there'll be more to come one. we're going to do a whole podcast on, on Bloomy's cat um, next time because I'm sure the listeners just want to hear about that um, 
obviously asked tonight done and done with um, you're not asking me oh uh, yeah sorry mate yeah. now we're going to go to Dortmund and sample a proper atmosphere and hope no one die <laughs> yeah I thought you were going to say I'm going to get to Dortmund and just apologise to everybody <laughs> the, uh, I've asked everybody anyway the um, what perfume she got <laughs> Yeah, there's, uh, there's the yeah. it's uh, canal number five. Will be on next year. I know. Yeah, that's his daughter. Yeah, there's a uh, yeah, there's an old there's an old lady an old lady just wandered into our studio. Thirty five. She's about eighty. She's not thirty five, mate. Don't ask her. No, unless you mean waste. <laughs> anyway, right, getting off the subject, um, man, uh, we're out of the Europa League and uh, we've gone out of it to uh, a big rival. Um, for me, that was the undercard to the main event at the weekend. Uh, thoughts on the Manchester derby? Who knows from game to game? I'll tell you. I'll say at half-time Sunday. Because I could see us going there and getting a win, but on the other hand, I can see Memphis Depay blazing over a last-minute penalty, so it ends nil-nil. And not giving a shit about it. <laughs> I think we're going to get absolutely stuffed, if I'm going to be honest with you. How bad's our away form? I mean, we're not even winning games at home at the minute, but when was the last time we won away? Um, City playing crap, but they always seem to turn up. When did we last win away? It's got to be a while, hasn't it? It was Liverpool, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. January, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, no, no, I can't And then the one before that was... No, we, we, no, we won in the Watford cup, in November. We? We've won in the Cup, haven't we? Uh, a couple oh, yeah, of away against Shrewsbury. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, Aguero just seems to score against us even when he's 50% fit, so he can't see that stopping on Sunday. And I feel the worst, I really do. I can see it being fucking 3 or 4. 2 0 United. The most miserable of us lot. 2 0. Can I ask what you're basing it on? Just, I just don't think City are very good Apart from hallucinating jokes. Uh, no, I mean, we've had, we've had young lads in the team all, all year. And, like, with what? how many points are we behind them? So, why is everybody going on about City all the time as if they're like the best team in England because they're nowhere near it? That's the really frustrating thing for me because if, if, if we were slightly better, we could have edged them out and then Guardiola would have been playing Europa League for I just think City's more I don't think it's a talent thing with City I think it's more of a for one they made a balls doing this announcing a manager to come um, midway through the season and it's just half of them players they're just not asked are they? but it's going to be different when United come to town I don't know I'm not, I'm not confident at all I think we're going to be fine Sunday won't yeah. lose I don't know what, the worst thing is I'm hoping for a one-off that's how bad it's got it's like that, what, for another point a second yeah. point oh, in the week it's all about getting harder in draws these days <laughs> yeah. Right, give us an actual score prediction and we're gonna quit. 1-0, 1-0, 2-0, United. 2-0 United. 3-1 City. 3-1 City. 0-3. 3-0 City. So that'll be 3-0. 3-0. Yeah, yeah. We're the away team. 1-2. 2-0. United. 2-1 win, 2-1 win. I just think our record there is shocking and... You know that I can't that that Robin Van Persie late Thank late win it like, yeah that, that that apart we've not played well there for a long time and they seem to have the uh, the sign over us at the council house so I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be two or three nil to City unfortunately so that's uh, that'll be a twat of a week won't it No I'm on, I'm thirty Sunday it's my second big weekend on track. I, I just urge you to get absolutely so trousered, mate, and forget about it. If you remember though, it was it was uh, if you remember that like, it was the week that it was the week that we got beat 
by Liverpool and City that probably did nail it for David Moyes, won it? So you never know. That might be a might be a bit of good news at the end of that. But uh, anyway, right, that's it. European, uh, Europe. I've had a lot of fun on the road with Europe this year, so uh, it's been all right. But uh, I think we're going to miss it next year if we don't get in it. So that's uh, it's going to be a tough one to swallow. We've only got to finish in the top six though to get in the Europa League. Aren't we? <laughs> I don't know how it works. Because <laughs> cities have won the League Cup, so the, the League Cup. Got it in us. <laughs> the, league, the League Cup position goes to the next league place, so the top right. six get in Europe. Yeah, so, so <laughs> we're probably not going to get an either, but yeah, Liverpool and West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think we're going to get into Europe next year, and I think that will be the absolute disaster um, for us. But we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, uh, Stu and Stu, uh, John and Aaron, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for everything, and uh, we'll uh, we'll speak on the podcast. I, I don't know. I don't know who's doing the podcast from Sunday. Actually, I think Andy's doing it. There's absolutely no way I can be let loose on, on that one so uh, Andy will be back to do a podcast on Sunday and then uh, we'll be back at the next home game which is when Everton Everton, Everton. yeah so we'll be we'll be back after that alright lads cheers I'm walking away from Old Trafford just walking out of the Munich tunnel it's an hour or so after the final whistle I've heard both managers speaking of their version of events and I don't know if you remember the podcast after Wolfsburg in December. That's pretty deflated after that because United were knocked out of the Champions League. Well, they've been knocked out of a second European competition in three months. And not a, a, a huge surprise given the 2 0 deficit from the first leg. And I thought the first half was actually very entertaining. I thought there were a lot of reasons for encouragement with Manchester United, especially the forward players, especially. Um, Marcus Rashford took the goal but the, the goal killed United just before half time and Jurgen Klopp said that and you see Jurgen Klopp full of enthusiasm clearly has the confidence of the supporters and the club and then you see Louis van Gaal and he doesn't have the confidence of the supporters and he looks deluded when he talks I think he doesn't read the mood well he talks about being happy or proud of his players and I just can't see how he's going to get out of this situation or what his motive is. I can only assume that he doesn't want to leave management with his last job being seen as a failure at Manchester United. So he keeps hoping and trying that he'll get things right, but it's clear that the players aren't convinced by him. The fans are certainly not convinced by him. Football managers are judged by results and the results are a shocking for a club of Manchester United stature especially given the outlay which he spent on players and he's overseen that and he's had time to do that he's had support if you look at the abuse Arsene Wenger's getting at Old Trafford there's been murmurings the odd boo nothing much at all given how bad the, the, the football is and if anyone's going to be optimistic I suppose it has to be the manager but He's misreading situations wrongly. I'll never forget after West Ham in December saying the fans who come up to me are happy in the street. I caught him a bit of slack because he's in a new culture, he's not speaking in his first language. And I think British people are quite respectful face-to-face. They, they dig people out online or behind their backs. And he's just reading the culture wrong. He's reading the mood wrong. He's seen that fans applauding the team is some sort of sign that he's getting things right. 
he alluded to suggesting that he's making improvements and he's not I just can't see it and I'm, I'm an optimistic soul I'm not one of these angry ranters on the internet who's never never happy with anything always moaning but how can you not moan when you're watching um, the team you support go out of Europe to their biggest rivals or one of the two biggest rivals the next one's City at the weekend I'm walking away from the ground now towards Salford it's March it's cold no more European trips this year which is a great shame I like many Manchester United fans love going on the European trips especially the away trips going to new places it's it's not just about the football anyone who thinks that football is about football this season has now got two months left to run United is still in the FA Cup and it's like that the replay against West Ham it extends the season it extends the misery if United lose in the derby then the seven points behind City that's going to be too much to bridge for fourth just walking past the hot dog stalls and the the big generators and that's what you can hear in the background and there's just been this familiar pattern of a couple of good results, a couple of really bad results. I think United have lost nine games since December now. It's just nowhere, nowhere good enough. Nowhere near good enough for Manchester United. So, out of Europe, the Scousers are still in Europe. They absolutely loved it. They were going through all their back catalogue of songs, 3,000 of them singing. Some of them even came down from the front of East Upper. Um, East Tier 2 you don't often see away fans in there maybe a dozen of them and they had the cheek to start celebrating and singing and waving a Liverpool flag and I couldn't believe that United fans uh, didn't do anything and a couple of security uh, surrounded the fans but they seemed quite placid and then United fans started twigging that they were Liverpool fans and began to attack them uh, in full view of the travelling Liverpool supporters and I'm not surprised if you if Man United fans were in the cop at Liverpool exactly the same thing had happened so and join you again after City on Sunday or before City can't get any worse can it this is a low point this is a low point in the history of Manchester United far from the lowest point there's been far more serious issues in the history of the club But these are not good times for Manchester United fans. Good night.